What's up? Welcome to another episode of the Just Breathe podcast with Matt and Rachel. How's everyone doing? Hope you're doing great. We're doing great. Everything's amazing. <laughs> you're so positive this morning. Being very positive. We we did have a nice morning though. We started off slow as we do all Sunday mornings, but we read instead of spent time instead of spending time on uh, social media and our phones. That was nice. Yeah. Well, this week I've taken the opportunity to set my screen time on my phone for social media. So I'm only limiting myself to 20 minutes a day, mm-hmm. which, you know, goes by pretty quickly. goes by so quickly. We don't realize it. Um, and I'm practicing not overriding the time limit <laughs> to get some extra time. And I find myself sometimes just staring at my phone with it being unlocked and not actually doing anything. Do you ever just, when you put the limit on, do you ever just pick it up and you're holding it and you're about to go on something without even thinking about it? And then you ask yourself, wait, why am I picking this up? Yeah. I didn't even think about it. I just picked it up. Or when you close out of an app and then reopen it again uh, for yeah. no reason. Yeah. Just like, what am I doing? You inspired me to put a time limit on my phone, and I have 30 minutes for Instagram, and I really was surprised this past week how quickly it went by. Yeah, it flies by. Yeah. So how, how was your week? Did you have a good week? I did have a good week. Did you do anything crazy, anything outside the box? Uh, well, this was the first week of not being in an office. Freedom! Ah! <laughs> that was a weird voice. <laughs> um, it was good though. I was noticing how important it is for me to create structure for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed myself feeling a little bit, a little anxious here and there to stick with the schedule and trust myself. But overall, it felt really good not to be following a nine-to-five rhythm, and I'm excited. You're taking responsibility for your own life. I am. Which uh, might lead into our topic for today. Hint, hint. So I did something crazy actually yesterday. I did CrossFit. Whoa, Matt, the yogi doing CrossFit. The yogi did CrossFit. My sister uh, encouraged me to do... uh, a, it was actually an event for autism for the Pathfinders organization um, at her CrossFit gym. So I did a a wad, as the kids say these days, workout of the day. Um, I so didn't know that was a thing. Wad. Wad. That's workout of the day. That's what they call it. The CrossFitters. That's what they call their their workouts. Wad. So I did a I did a wad. What if you have two workouts of the day? No, there's only one workout of the day. That's the point of it. Okay. <laughs> so I did, did a wad, got outside of my comfort zone, and did some CrossFit. So that was that was interesting. How are you feeling this morning? I'm sore. My arms hurt. I don't know how to work lift weights anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's jump into our quote of the day. Quote of the day. Do, 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 do. If you did not listen to our last episode, which you should, go back and listen to it. We, from now, from moving on from now, we are going to start each episode with a quote of the day. Quote of the week, I guess, if we're doing a podcast. I guess, true. Quote quote of the week. week. But we send each other quotes every single day, and it's a nice way to start off the day. And we figured it would be an awesome way to start off each episode. Yeah. All right. So here we go. 
I always did something I was a little not ready to do. I think that's how you grow when there's that moment of, wow, I'm not really sure I can do this. And you push through those moments. That's when you have a breakthrough. And that is Marissa Mayer. Mm, I love that. I love that she says you get the break breakthrough after you push through something. Because a lot of times I think we're waiting for a breakthrough just to hit us. Mm-hmm. We're like, please, let a breakthrough come to me. Yeah. And I think another way to view it is that a lot of people are afraid to do things because they think they're not going to be good at it. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, realistically, if you're doing something new, you're probably not going to be good at it when you first start, unless you're some virtuoso that has this hidden talent that you were never aware of. Mm-hmm. All of us are going to go through the, the baby steps of having to learn something or having being bad at something at the beginning. Right. And you're not going to be good until you, until you start. Yeah, for sure. There's, um, I wish I knew the name of the guy who <clears throat> created this video that my uh, brother Duncan sent to me, but the concept behind the video was most often when we start out creating things, we have good taste. So we have good taste, but we're not necessarily good at what we're doing, but Mm. you have to keep doing it over and over again before your work, whatever you're creating matches your level of taste. So you could have high, like really good taste in something, whether it's art or cooking or writing, but unless you do it, it's just like practice. Unless you do it over and over again, you know, your work's really not going to be that great in the beginning. So you know what you want before you can do it. Right. Oftentimes we have such high, we have such good taste and high levels of expectation that when we see that our work isn't reflecting that, we stop instead mm-hmm. of pushing through and, you know, finding that breakthrough. Yeah. It's like watch it, going on Instagram. And so something about me is that I've always wanted to be a skateboarder. And this has always been a dream of mine. And I, I've always, you know, looked up to these skateboarders doing these cool tricks. So it'd be like me looking at, you know, Tony Hawk or looking at another, you know, pro skater and being like, why can't I do that? And I go out and, you know, eat shit trying to do yeah. ride five feet without doing anything. I'm like, and you completely lose your motivation and you're, you know, you, you, you don't try because you think that, you know, I can't do that yet. But, you know, it takes the small steps. Everyone, everyone starts somewhere. Yeah, definitely. Cool. All right. So. Topic. Topic of the week. Retaking control of your life. Mm. How can you retake control of your life? I like this one a lot. I think it's something that everybody asks themselves and a good a good deal of the population feels like they, they don't have control over their lives, which is scary. Yeah, I think this is, you know, not to be like this is the the this is the solution to all your problems, but really I I think it comes down to a lot of our, the source of our discomfort in the world is the feeling that we aren't really in control of our lives mm-hmm. and the feeling that things are just happening to us instead of us happening to them. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. It's pretty much like uh, you feel like you're being pulled rather than yeah you're doing the pulling, Right. I guess. Um, and I think this is interesting because a lot of times we feel like we're not in control of our lives but in reality we we are in, we are in control of our actions we might not be able to control external forces like what's going on 
throughout the day with other people, whether that's traffic or something comes up at work, but Mm -hmm. we're in control of our actions. And so therefore, I think a lot of it is not necessarily you getting back into control, but you taking responsibility for the fact that Mm -hmm. you have a good, a great deal of control already. Yeah, you may not always be able to control the outcomes, but you can do everything in your power to make sure that the outcome is in your favor. Mm-hmm. So we have a few ideas about how you, the listener, can re- retake control of your life and some ways that I think Rachel and I are trying to retake control of our lives. Or We're at least trying. We already are. Are in control of our lives. But this is, this is the, these are the steps that we took in realizing how we can yeah. you know, get that sense of control back and really you know, be the dog and not the sled. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so is it actually good to be the dog in that scenario, though? Because the dog is pulling the sled. Bauer, Bauer. excuse you. <laughs> we have we have a guest on today, and it's um, my family's dog, and I think he took offense to that. Yeah. He growled in the background. Yeah, he's like, "I'm the dog." Sorry, Bauer. That's why I want to be the dog. I want to be the Bauer of life. <laughs> All right, back to your point. So. Number one, take responsibility for your actions. This is a big one. I notice in uh, work, especially, people are so reluctant and afraid and they just shift the blame for Mm -hmm. everything they do. And this is not only positive and negative, it's both positive and negative, right? So take responsibility for the things you've done. If things don't turn out the way you planned it, Take responsibility. Own up for your mistake because mistakes can always be fixed. Mm-hmm. You just can keep digging yourself deeper and deeper in that hole when you like say, oh, I, I, it wasn't me or, you know, oh, it's because of this. Like, no, just say I messed up. Well, I, well, something I like to say is if you make a mistake, fix it. Don't before anyone knows about it, fix it. <laughs> Don't just pretend like it didn't happen. And then when it comes up, you know, act like it wasn't your fault, you know, own up to it. But in, on the flip side, when you do something positive, you know, accept the, the responsibility and accept the praise. If someone says, you did a great job, I'll be like, oh, well, you know, it's like, no, if you did a good job, own up to it, you know? Yeah. You know, take responsibility. Yeah, I think that's a good point, um, looking at it from the positive and negative point of view. And also when you're taking responsibility... You know, it should feel empowering, even if you do make a mistake. I mean, it's never fun owning up to a mistake, but when you're taking responsibility, there is a level of empowerment that goes on because no longer are you saying, I can't do this because I don't have time because I have this job or I have these commitments. Like, no, when you take responsibility and say, I am going to choose to do this no matter no matter the fact that I have other stuff going on or I'm going to choose not to do it, like that, that sense of taking responsibility, all of a sudden you have, you're giving yourself permission to take control. Yeah. You're, you're being the doer and you're not being the, you know, the victim. Right. And I, I've been working on this with my own language. I'll often stop myself because I'll say, I don't have time to do this. And then I backtrack and I say, no, it's not that you don't have time to do, to do this. It's that you're not willing. I'm not willing to make time to do this right now. It's not a priority. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think examining 
your language can be really helpful in taking responsibility. Yeah, definitely. I think even looking at it in the positive, you know, I think a lot of, if you do something good at work or you do something, help someone out or you did a good job, a lot of us don't want to take that praise because we kind of feel this imposter syndrome sometimes where we feel as though we're not worthy of praise or we're not worthy of the good act, like the result of the good actions we take. And that is just going to hurt us just as much as not taking responsibility for the negatives because you're not owning up for who you are. Yeah. You're, you're being like, Oh, well, you know, I don't really feel comfortable. I didn't, you know, it was a mis- It was by accident that something good ended up like, no, if you, yeah. you know, if you work hard and a good result came from something you did own up to it, you know, yeah. it's, it's just going to, it's just going to build your confidence and help you, you know, be, you know, take the reins. Yeah. I really like that point. And I wasn't sure if that was something that happens more to women, but maybe it really does. It's happens to both men and women feeling uncomfortable owning up to something great we've done or mm-hmm. the work we've put into something. Cause I have noticed in the past that I've shied away from, uh, recognition. Uh, I don't know why, I don't know what the embarrassment is, but maybe it's society that teaches us not to like that. We have to be, I mean, being humble is good, but sometimes it feels like we are I like taught to think not that I'm to, the most humble person. You know, I have the best humility. Yes, you do, <laughs> obviously. But yeah, I think that's an interesting point. And I, I'm curious why we often feel like we shouldn't take full responsibility for the positives yeah. that, we, that we do. I think it kind of relates to accepting compliments. I feel like a lot of people don't, aren't able to accept compliments you, know, you go up to someone and say, oh, I really like that shirt. It's like, oh, this, it's nothing. Yeah, I, um, I hear... I hear that all the time, especially say if you borrow the shirt or if you got it on sale, then that's another thing. I, I've heard women say, um, uh, oh, this isn't mine or, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I just picked this up instead of saying thanks. I know I look good. Or wanting to, you know, give a compliment back in return for a compliment. Yeah, don't do that. That doesn't feel authentic and real. Yeah, no Unless, well, if you're the, if you're per, if you're someone that's giving other people a compliment in hopes that they'll return a compliment, mm-hmm. then you might have some uh, self development to do, to work on if yeah. you're just paying people compliments. But we shouldn't feel like we need to give a compliment after we've <laughs> no no for sure. One. But I mean, like of course, if someone gives you a compliment and you're thinking, wow, they're pretty, they've got a really cool hat on too, or I don't know, something random like that. But don't feel obligated. Yeah, don't feel obligated. Be accepted. Yeah. I've been working on that too and just letting a compliment land. And I don't know why. Why is that an uncomfortable thing to let a compliment land? I think it's related to the imposter syndrome. You know, it's like, it's, you know, we're not just, we don't want to take ownership for who we are. It's not comfortable. Because we always, there's always this um, not enough syndrome going on where we constantly feel like, we're not enough or we don't have enough or we're not doing enough. And it's funny once you start asking yourself, well, maybe I do have enough. It's kind of a scary feeling for some reason because that whole not enough syndrome 
is very survival based. Mm-hmm. Like we have these tendencies for a reason it, and it was to keep us alive when we needed to worry about that. But most of us are, are okay. We don't need to, we don't need to have that. What is it? The monkey brain yeah. controlling. I am enough. Yeah. Affirmations. Let's say it all together. I am enough. (laughs) All right. So let's move on to the next step in retaking control of your life. Make decisions that matter. What What does that mean to you? Making decisions that matter in your life. Well, I think that means really examining what you want first and then being intentional with mm-hmm. the decisions you're making. So not just doing something because you feel like you have to, or it's expected. Like if you're going to make a decision that matters, I'm going to assume that it really aligns with your goals and values and what mm-hmm. you want. I like to say to you all the time, whenever I ask you a question mm-hmm. and you're like, I don't care. I'm like, no, you do care. Tell me what you truly want. Yeah. Let's let's talk about ice cream. <laughs> I knew here. this was gonna come up. So, an opportunity, right? So you have two two flavors of ice cream that you you probably prefer one over the other. Let's be honest. You're always gonna there's always gonna be one that you prefer. Me, Not all the time. Most of the time, though. Yeah. For me, I'm an equal opportunity ice cream eater. I prefer all flavors, but I challenge you to choose the flavor you want. And what do you usually say? I want you to have which one you want. But I so, prefer any ice cream. So you know. I know. It's funny because in my mind, so the way we show love is often how we want to receive it. It's just how we're hardwired. And I, I've um, learned about this, especially with the female-male dynamic. And for me, I... I'm pretty choosy about what I like and specific. <laughs> Don't comment. <laughs> Understatement. And I, I have a little favorites for everything. I have a favorite mug. I have a favorite bowl. I have favorite flavors, and I, I like that. And so when I think about you, I guess my instinct is to like make sure that you get whatever you want because like that's mm-hmm. just my way of showing love. Um, so I don't know. So my challenge to you and listeners is to be decisive. Yeah. Choose what you speak your mind, choose what you want. Mm -hmm. It's not being selfish. It's just displaying that, you know, you have things that you prefer and it's okay to want things. It's okay to have a preference. Speak your mind. Don't, don't be indecisive Mm -hmm. and then when a decision is made for you because you weren't willing to make a decision regret it because that is the worst thing you could possibly do is to give up your ability to make a choice and then not like the choice that you're given instead right i mean i think it, it makes sense choose what you want and just be vocal about it um Unless the other person really wants it too, and then you can have a compromise. But that never happens. Then you happens. play rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fight to the death. But I think that is a good an ex- a good exercise or a good practice to start implementing and something mm-hmm. I will work on with our ice cream <laughs> <laughs> Ice cream debacle. 
Yeah. But I mean, obviously there's things in life that really don't matter to you. And if it really doesn't matter to you, it's okay not to, don't, don't waste time yeah. trying to choose every single aspect of your life because there's going to be things that you don't really care about. You don't really care about certain aspects of life that have no real value. So don't waste time on it. Right. But if something really matters to you and if you think that the opposite decision or opposite result of what you want would make you feel upset, mm-hmm. then choose what you want. Yeah. There's not, no one's going to, no one's going to knock you for being decisive. Right. And I think, I think it's interesting to use ice cream. It's, it's not that big of a deal, but it's interesting to use that as an example, because when you can start getting comfortable choosing what you want with the little things like ice cream, it's going to be easier for you to choose the bigger things and to voice what you want Mm -hmm. um, because you're going to have already built up a level of confidence. So it may sound silly to use ice cream as an example, but it's really not because you got to start with the little things and then watch as you become more rooted in in your... just being able to use your voice with what you want with the bigger things. Yeah, ice cream can eventually turn into job decision, career yeah. paths. You know, even if you're in the younger stages in college, choosing majors, things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, be decisive. Choose what you want if it matters. And this is kind of a segue into the next point is don't regret inaction. Mm-hmm. Don't regret inaction. What does that mean to mm-hmm. you? I, ooh, I really like this one because... When you're regretting inaction and you're looking into the past of what you could have done, all that energy that you place into thinking about what you could have done is taking away from what you can do in the moment. You're just wasting time. There's what's what's the gain of analyzing what you could have done? It's like the saying, when's the best time to plant a tree? The first answer is 20 years ago and then the second best answer is now. You obviously didn't plan it 20 years ago, so you might as well just focus on planning it now. And it's the mm-hmm. same thing with anything else you want to do. Yeah. Stop regretting it. <clears throat> do what you got to do now. Yeah. I'd much rather make a decision that, that I think in the moment is my best decision and then look back and say, oh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I could do something better than to not make a, a choice at all and then look back and say, I had zero control of the result. I had zero control of the outcome because I sat there idly and did nothing. Yeah. So if you're going to make a decision, no, take a control, take a controlled risk, right? So uh, if anyone's seen the the movie Free Solo with uh, Alex Honnold, great documentary. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend it. So this guy, if you don't, if you're not familiar, Alex Honnold, he's an amazing climber. He does these free climbs where he'll climb a sheer side of a mountain with no nothing. He'll literally just go up there and climb it. No, no, no ropes, ropes yeah. no support. If he falls, it's over. But so what he likes to say is that I'm not taking high, I'm not doing something that's high, highly risky because he, he's always prepared, right? So he does all the homework. He practices relentlessly over and over again in controlled situations so that when he's ready to climb his his risk level is low because he's like he's at that level where he knows everything he's going to do and he's planned it all out Mm -hmm. but what he's doing is high consequence right so be take matters into your own hands 
be risk aware, take, but do things that you, you control, you know, don't just go out there and let things happen to you. Mm-hmm. Don't be inactive. Don't regret your inaction. Make a decision. Right. Yeah. That's such a great example because Alex Honnold looked at whatever he was going to climb and he, ha- he asked himself, like, what does this look like? What does the preparation look like? He didn't just practice his climbing skills. He studied the mountain. He did so many exercises physically and emotionally, mentally. And he really spent time asking himself, like, I have this goal. What does it look like? What does it look like to lead up to it? And I think we can all do that in whatever we want to accomplish by asking ourselves, like, what does this look like if I want to do this? Mm-hmm. For me, I wanted to become a certified holistic health coach. And so last January, after years of putting off going to school for this, I asked myself, if I were to do this now, what would it look like? And that was key to me doing it and graduating because I needed to just know what it looked like and how it would fit into my schedule if I were to accomplish it. I mean, if if I just did it and took the risk, then that would have been a waste of money if it really wasn't going to be yeah. something that I could keep up with. But it was because I planned it out. Yeah, and you know, you didn't just get get caught. I think a lot of us get caught in the decision making process, or we get caught in thinking about all the different things we could possibly do. And that just leaves us in a state of inaction mm-hmm. where we're just thinking about everything that we could possibly do. And then time goes by and you, you miss your opportunity. Right. You need- and yeah. And I think like whenever you feel that way, and I often feel that way, I ask myself, what's the smallest step I can take to moving a little bit further? And if you break it down and just focus on like the smallest thing. So if you want to do some type of certification then the smallest step is opening up your laptop if you're going to do some research because I did a lot of research on different programs so for me before I could even choose to you know make the deposit and sign up and get started I had to do the research and you know you gotta open up the laptop just break it up as small as possible and then you won't feel uh, paralyzed by decisions and what you have Mm -hmm. to do live life don't let life live you yes i like that one a little bit more than the dog sled analogy (laughs) Mm, i don't know i'm a dog (laughs) i have a dog inside me matt was a dog in a past life i was uh all right next point don't waste time on things that have no benefit to you Mm. so don't don't if some if something you're doing has no real positive benefit, stop doing it. Yeah. If you're working a dead-end job where the pay sucks, then find another job. But if your job, you don't really necessarily like your job, but you you make decent money and it gives you more freedom and you, you enjoy the lifestyle that it gives you, that's okay. If you hate running and it just hurts your knees and you just hate every moment that you're running, find an alternative. Yeah. Stop wasting time on things that don't give you a benefit or don't have any positive 
uh, outcome to them. Right. And I know that we all have bills to pay. And so we're not saying that, you know, a job is useless because obviously it is paying for the things that you want to do, but just keeping an open mind that there could be something that gives more than just that. Like just paying the bills isn't really a life worth living Mm -hmm. in, in our opinions. And I mean, this goes for every type of action you do. I think this relates back to social media I mean, it can be fun to look at other people's profiles, but if it's not really giving you any real benefit, if it's not impacting your life positively, then what's the point of spending an hour or more looking at other people's stories or posts or mm-hmm. whatever it may be? Right. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of related. Personally, you know, I think I mentioned before why, you know, I stopped drinking is because the 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 results of drinking were never truly a benefit to me. Mm-hmm. You know, you think in the, in the moment, you know, Oh, it's just great. I'm, you know, enjoying it. But then you, you know, next day you wake up. And so I like to say that drinking just steals happiness from the next day. Yeah. So you, it's like you, you're just, you're uh, taking a loan out on your happiness for tomorrow. Cause you're, if you drink too much, tomorrow's going to suck. So you made you made your night a little bit better just to have a day of pain. Right. Um, you know that could not that might not necessarily be true for everyone, but that's just my new experience and why you know I took it away from my life. It was just something that wasn't really adding any benefit, so I eliminated. It's all about efficiency and not wasting time. Yeah, I like that example a lot. And I was laughing in my head yesterday. I taught yoga at around ten at ten. And then after I taught a class, I worked out afterwards. And then I walked home and I was kind of chuckling in my head because a couple years ago, that would have been such a healthy morning. Like, wow, I woke up, I taught, I worked out. And now it's just a normal part of my weekend because it's so much easier to sustain since I'm not drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and that feels really good. It feels empowering too. because. I choose how I want to spend the next day. Yeah. I'm not being ruled by how I physically feel. Yeah. I think another, this point kind of is something that you have to always come back to and really you have to always be kind of reevaluating your life and your priorities, right? Because something that may have been a priority to you years ago, but it just became a routine yeah. and a pattern in your life and you don't even think about why you're doing it anymore it might not be a benefit to you anymore. So you have to always kind of be reevaluating your priorities and your actions, just being mindful of, you know, what am I doing and am I really gaining from this anymore? You know, yeah. something you, a, a habit that you developed in college or, you know, a routine that you've just let become on autopilot, you might not really enjoy it anymore and you've just become accustomed to doing it. So, yeah. you know, for me, you know, well, I started counting calories. I was using MyFitnessPal uh, back in high school when I was trying to lose weight. And I just was on autopilot every day. I would just track my calories and I would literally track every single thing that I put in my body. And it just became autopilot. And it was, just, it was ingrained in my routine. And I didn't really think twice about it until I was doing it for, you know, 1400 days in a row. And I realized, you know, this isn't a positive. I don't need this anymore. Yeah, I've, I've developed the awareness without having this in my life. Mm-hmm. So it's just being able to reevaluate your routine, your priorities, and thinking 
is this worth it anymore? It might not be. So drop it. Yeah. You know, or change it or, you know, just always, always be in this change. You know, life is about change. And if you're not, in ch- if you're not changing all not constantly or working towards a new change, you're just going to be stagnant. And just, if you're not, if you're not changing, you're, you're not going to, you shouldn't be expecting anything new to happen. Totally. You know, yeah. you're not going to have growth about change. Yeah. And you'll be able to make decisions that matter once yeah. you <clears throat> eliminate things that are not really benefiting you. And I noticed, I asked that question over and over again when I started uh, school for becoming a health coach. And one of the things that kept coming up was I need time for studying and for learning. And learning. I Book knew learning. that was going to come. I like to learn. <laughs> and one of the things that came up that I could eliminate was, again, social media. And so I've gotten to the point where I really enjoy connecting with people on Instagram. I love sharing on Instagram, but I'm working on bringing it down. And I look at maybe five people's accounts a day and shut it off, have that time limit. But where, where can you start to say look this is not benefiting me it's time to cut it out because I want to do this other thing that's more important to me yeah I think it's another thing to think about is you're you're always going to have resistance in growth you know you're always going to have whenever you're making a change says excuse Bauer he's having a little wheeze (laughs) he's an old man (laughs) um whenever you have Whenever you're trying to grow and you have this, you're changing, there's going to be resistance. And if you feel resistance, that's good. That means you're changing, mm-hmm. you know, and just make sure it's a positive change. Actually, I want to digress on that a little bit, uh, the social media thing. What do you think in, so you know how probably 50, 60 years ago, smoking was just a normal part of life. Everyone, mm-hmm. like everyone smoked. It was just, you know, yeah. it was just a thing people did. Uh, you think that might turn into like social media and our overconsumption of social media? Because, you know, people think about people will just smoke when they're kind of bored or just mm-hmm. something to occupy their hand. And if you look around now, people are just absorbing and consuming social media uh, absentmindedly now, just like people used to smoke. Yeah. So do you think, do you think I, down the road that might be our smoking, our generation smoking, is this just, just mindless dump of social media? I think it is already. And the only difference I see between smoking and social media is that social media can be a tool and it can be used for good. Mm -hmm. But I think most often we're seeing people using it, um, out of addiction in a smoking like tendency where if you're alone, uh, last night we went to see a movie. Joker. And we saw the Joker. Yeah, it was um, it was meh out of ten. I give it. We'll we'll talk about that another <laughs> time. Uh, but we saw the movie and we got there early and we were waiting outside the door and my my impulse was to grab my phone because I didn't know what to do. Or actually, you had gone to the bathroom and I was by myself. And I noticed most often when we're by ourselves, we can't. We feel this on. We feel uncomfortable being by ourselves doing nothing, and so the first thing is to pull out the phone. Mm-hmm. And that's not an intentional use of the the tool of social media. And when we use it because we're anxious or we're stressed and we're trying to escape, then it's like smoking because we're not 
we're not using it intentionally and I mean there's you can analyze it from that perspective and you can also analyze it from like more of the health perspective of the screen affecting our health and our eyes and also just having a phone on us all the time people are just seeing like seeing like the radiation and everything that comes in and is wrapped up in technology is just not being good for us yeah i would i mean i would say there i don't want to say social media is completely you know, you know evil but i think it's the the tendency that you know 80 percent of the time if you after if you scroll through instagram for five minutes and you put your phone down and you someone asked you what you just looked at you wouldn't be able to answer them you know you were just you were just absentmindedly consuming pictures and words without really processing any of it mm-hmm. and you know none of it none of it really stuck in your mind and you just kind of wasted that time and just to fill the void mm-hmm. and you know if if you want to use social media be conscious about it and you know only follow accounts that are meaningful to you i went through i always i like to go through purges you know when i'm on social media and if uh, a post comes up that isn't resonating with me or it's just kind of a space of it's just filling a space i'm gonna unfollow it because it's not if it's not gonna benefit me i don't want to have it in my life i think i think that's a good point every once in a while it's good to look at your social media and do a cleanse and make sure everybody that you are interacting with even if it's just you looking at their story Um, just make sure that that is, uh, leaving you feeling good. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to look at someone's account and feel, um, a sense of lack because they have something you don't. I mean, you can always look at them and say, you know, they are an expander for me and I can have what they can have. But I think it's just good to examine why you're following some, Mm -hmm. someone and what they represent for you. Yeah, definitely. And this kind of not, I feel like we're knocking social media today, but this kind of segues into the last point is don't be influenced by quote unquote influencers that you don't know their story, right? So think about all these people that have millions of followers that you really don't know who they are. You don't know their story. They just, they just somehow have amassed this huge cult following and are posting pictures in front of you know, car, fancy cars or their jewelry or their, you know, sell, trying to sell you a product. And I think a tendency of a lot of us is to, you know, see that life and think that you're not enough and somehow that you're missing out on life because mm-hmm. they have this thing, but you don't really understand their story. You don't really know what got them to where they are. You know, so obviously social media is uh, only a snapshot into a life of someone, you really don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And if you don't understand someone's story and, you know, their background and where they came from and how they, you know, what their message is trying to portray, if there is a message, don't let them influence you. Don't let that affect your life because it's just background noise. You know, when you think about it, Instagram and all these things, it's re- it's really just fancy commercials, a lot of it. These, these influencers, they're just kind of like this fancy, we're, we're just uh, allowing ourselves to watch commercials kind of that are, you know, great. The content might be cool, you know, it might be a pretty beautiful picture of some scenic, 
you know, resort area, or it might be someone do a video, someone doing something cool. But if it's just an advertisement for something, then you know, you're doing exactly what you ignore on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, when the when you're watching a show and the commercials come on, you flip up your phone and start scrolling through your own personally curated commercials on your Instagram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, be, you have to be mindful of, you know, what you're looking at and thinking, you know, am I just, you know, absentmindedly allowing myself to be advertised to or am I following people who have done amazing work and are amazing writers or artists or, you know, just people that have done great works in their life that are, like you said, expanders and helping me, you know, find my place in the world and to create something new for myself. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. I think it's really important to know someone's story and I trust people when they share their story because most often the people who have gained a level of success didn't just get it. It wasn't just handed to them. They overcame some um, type of adversity and everybody is different. Every story is different, but when someone shares their story and is open about it, I just, I have, there's a level of trust that for me happens and I appreciate following someone more when they share that because Uh, I get a sense of their values and what their mission is. If somebody doesn't have um, a a mission or something they're trying to do, some type of impact they're trying to make, then I would question why you're following them. Um, And not that it's bad to follow, say, an influencer who's a beauty influencer, but I would I would question what's what's the point of following it and what message is she sharing? Uh, is she sharing that you you are only pretty if you do your makeup a certain way? And nothing against makeup, but I just think it's good to question that sometimes. Right. Yeah. I think I think it also is kind of comes down to uh, looking at people and seeing where they're at and thinking that you can just do what they did to get to that point yourself. Yeah. Uh, I notice that myself a lot. I kind of feel like, oh, you know, so-and-so did this. I have to do this the same exact way to get to that point. But the reality is you're living a completely different life and you're never going to recreate someone else's steps. You know, you're not, you have to own your actions, own your own life and take back control of your life and really, you know, do it yourself. Uh, we're we're going to start filming these videos. If I ever start cracking up, it's because Rachel's doing some weird stuff with her hands <laughs> like on it. her mouth or something. We're going we're gonna to start recording these soon. No. And I'm, so whenever, whenever I start cracking up or like pause, it's because Rachel's doing something weird. I get fidgety. Yeah. That's all. Right. all. <laughs> I, but to go off of your point, um, I, don't, don't you think that if you're trying to copy what someone else did isn't that kind of trying to take the easy way out? Yeah, for sure. Because you're not, you're not being willing to take responsibility for your own actions, your your own journey and story. Yeah. By trying to do someone else's, follow their steps, it's, yeah, it's, isn't it? It's just taking the easy way out. Yeah, it's, you know, if anyone's, you know, familiar with, with coding or anything like that, you know, it's, any all the code that you could possibly use to do anything is out on the internet, right? So you can just copy and paste code 
into someone else's code into your project and make some edits to make it work. But you're not really learning in the long run. You don't really understand what half the code you just copied and pasted does, Mm -hmm. but you know it it creates the same result. So you're doing the same thing in your life. If you see, you know, uh, Joe Blow, what he did, and you're like, oh, Joe Blow did this in order to do this, and then you try to do that, and you really have no idea what you're doing, and it's not going to have the same result. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be you're going to be missing steps along the way. Yeah. And things are going to fall off. Yeah. And also like you don't, you know, social media and what people are posting, you know, you don't really know they're posting what they choose to share with you. They've chosen and curated everything that's out there. And you really don't know, like you might not see, uh, as a helicopter goes by, you might not see the hours of hard work that went in between the steps that they shared or you might not realize the years it took when someone says, I did X. You might not realize that X took 10 years or something, but you were just being shown what someone has chosen right. for you to see. That's why I really like following Marie, Marie Faye and Jake Snow, their account, because they share really pretty pictures. And typically I wouldn't follow an account that just shared pretty pictures of a couple traveling around the world. But they're very open about their the work that they put into their to what they share. Like they put a lot of time and effort into editing and scouting new locations and they share so openly and I enjoy following them because I can truly appreciate what they're sharing because they're not just sharing it to look cool. Like they're they're really they're they're developing their craft. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just such a different experience. Yeah. But remember, you don't have to do it the way they did it. You don't. And I think a lot of people think, oh, I need to just quit my job and go traveling around the world. And then I'll get a lot of followers. And all of a sudden, it's <laughs> going to be easy. I'm going to get sponsored. And life is going to be great. But in reality, it's for them, they've shared that you know they're working 10 plus hours a day. They're only sharing the beautiful moments. They're not sharing the moments where they're on their computers computers editing for hours. All you're seeing is the pretty picture. Or when their trip gets canceled, canceled because yeah. of a, a passport issue. And, you know, all of their, basically the work that they, could, they need to do, which is travel, that's the work. They can't do it. And then there's no paycheck because they can't produce content. Right. Yeah. Or the camera breaks. It, you don't see any of that. Or a monkey poops on your head. <laughs> I, did that happen? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why that just popped in my head. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think uh, I think seeing more influencers share the work behind the scenes is really, really a good thing. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that people are sharing what's going on and they're not just yeah. sharing like this idea of a perfect life seen through little squares on your phone because that is not reality yeah let the let people expand your view of life don't live their life yes so let's just recap a little bit so today we're talking about how to retake control of your life so just a few action plans take responsibility for your actions both positive and negative make decisions that matter be decisive speak your mind if it matters to you, do it. Own it. Own it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't regret inaction. 
All right. Don't regret not doing something when you could have done something because you will, you know, if you let life happen to you instead of you happening to life, that doesn't make sense, but figure it out, then you'll regret it. And I just want to say, give yourself a break and don't be so hard on yourself. You're awesome. You're great. Just move forward. Yeah. Practice being uncomfortable. So, you know, practice being in moments that are uncomfortable to you. Uh, Don't waste time on things that have no benefit. So if something isn't benefiting you in the long run, just drop it. And finally, don't be influenced by influencers that you don't know their story. Let them expand your life. Don't let, don't try to live their life for you. So that is how we are practicing retaking control of our lives. And, you know, we hope that you can do the same and really just, you know, take back what's yours. You know, this is your life. This is the only one, presumably, that you're going to get, you know, we might come back as a donkey, who knows? (laughs) Or a dog. Or a dog, which would be pretty sweet. Uh, But, you know, just own it, you know, be responsible for your life, enjoy it, you know, you you don't, you don't, you don't only live once you live every day. You only die once. Yeah, exactly. And one thing, one key point that Matt said is practice. You're not just going to all of a sudden retake control of your life and you're going to be good to go for the rest of your life. It's a daily practice and a daily choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every day is a new day. Don't be hard on yourself. You know, if you've, if you take responsibility for your actions, then don't regret it. Yeah. You choose it. Right? Yeah. You're doing a great job. I'm proud of you. We love you. I love you. <laughs> proud of you. All right. Well, thank you for listening and we'll see you again next week. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you'll see us. Maybe, maybe you'll not. see us. We might, we might be uh, getting this live on the, on the YouTubes on soon. On the YouTubes. <laughs> All right, guys. Have an awesome day. Bye. Bye.